0: Welcome to The Jack Brunswick Show. For more valuable knowledge, stories, and insights, check out jackbrunswickwordpress.com, jackbrunswick13 on Instagram and Twitter, or listen to the other podcasts on The Jack Brunswick Show. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy. Good. Hey, what's good, everybody? At the Coast Guard Academy, we've got our first-class summer training surveys slash applications that are due in a couple days. So I'm just going to be running through what I'm putting in for first-class summer, which is our summer leading up to senior year, as well as running through all four summers of the Coast Guard Academy slash service academy summers, because I think Coast Guard Academy summers are fairly similar to other service academies. Um, Even if they're not, it just gives you a good idea of what it's like. We'll start off with freshman summer, so that's going to be your basically your boot camp at the Coast Guard Academy. We call it swap summer. And throughout the seven to eight weeks that you're doing your boot camp, you'll refer to yourself as Swab last name, so I'd be Swab Brunswick, and you're not to use personal pronouns, and you have your four basic responses, yes or no, sir or ma'am, and then I, I, sir or ma'am, or no excuse, sir or ma'am, and that's essentially your language to the training cadre who run you through the the training exercises and the physical fitness regimens throughout the day, and there's not much that I'm really going to reveal about it just because it's just something that you've got to do once you're here, and A lot of it's mental and a lot of it you can't really prepare for it. You're just kind of thrown into a new world and you just gotta learn to adapt and and deal with it and overcome. I will give advice for each of the summers I'm gonna be talking about. My advice for Swab Summer would be have a good attitude and take it one meal at a time. How do you eat an elephant? You eat it one bite at a time. And as cliche as that sounds, it's kinda what you gotta do. And a real problem I had was finding a way to motivate myself because you come in and you're super gung ho about everything, but then you start training and it's super intense stressful situation for most of the day and you kind of lose that focus of why am I here why am I working hard and yes boot camp is about survival and you kind of just try to hang on and do as little as you can to get through but a big thing for me was I kind of lost motivation and focus and so that's one thing and then that you do have to balance that with staying under the radar and not having to be addressed and noticed and I think I did a really good job at that the first two and a half weeks of swab summer I barely went addressed by the cadre I was almost never picked out a line and yelled at, but a problem with overperforming is that you also get caught out, and you might be caught out in a good way, but you're still going to end up doing more push-ups, more uh, yelling, and more stressful things, whereas if you're kind of middle of the road, you blend in, then you're going to get away with a lot more, and I know that sounds kind of shallow, but in reality, when you're in boot camp or swap summer, you're in survival mode, and you're doing whatever you can to avoid stress and any physical exertion that you otherwise have to do. The biggest thing I did during swap summer was I made it a game to try to make everything strategic and as game-like as possible so it would just be little things like how much food can i eat during this meal or how how can i strategize so that i don't get addressed in this next hour of physical training a big thing for us was we when we were kind of in between doing one thing or another we had to study from our running lights which is our basically it's a 100 page book um and it's full of like coast guard knowledge and history and indoctrination you'd have to hold it up with your elbow at a 90 degree angle it sounds like it's not a big deal, but when you're holding your book up like that, and it has to be in your right hand. So when you're doing that for days on end, all day, then that's not a very comfortable position to be holding your elbow in. You get tired. So something I would do is I would strategize holding up my book and then putting it down so that I could reach for my water. And then I'd take a sip of water, and then i put my water back and bring my book back up. And you would just do certain things like that to finesse how long that you were having to hold your book for and just little things like that. And it, it sounds super weird, but when you get to boot camp, you'll understand that. There's a lot of things that you cannot do, and there's going to be maybe three or four things that you can do when you're standing on the bulkhead. That's what we call a wall. So when you're standing on the bulkhead, you can hold your book, you can take a sip of water, or you can ask a question by sticking out your your hand or raising your hand in the air. So that's kind of what I'm getting at is it's not it wasn't acceptable for me to just put my book down and stand there. It wasn't acceptable for me to sit down and tie my shoe or any of that kind of stuff. And so you have to figure out what are things that you're allowed to do that make it more comfortable without being a blip on the cadre's radar. But anyway, Swap Summer, the biggest misconception I had about it coming in was that I thought a lot of it was going to be physical, and in actuality, most of it is mental. Most of the exercises you do in boot camp or Swap Summer is body weight stuff and for time. And so this is something I realized is no matter how good a physical shape you're in, the fat, slow person who isn't in shape for 60 seconds, they're, not, they're only going to be able to do maybe 10 push-ups, let's say, and they're going to be at exhaustion, whereas a super fit person... After that one minute, they're still going to be exhausted because they're going at their own pace as fast as they can. And that's kind of what Swab Summer is tailored to is they'll say, all right, one minute of whatever, begin. And they'll scream at you. And if they can see you're not giving effort, full effort, and you're not struggling, then you're going to get yelled at. And so, yes, it is good to be physically fit for Swab Summer and Boot Camp. But just because you're physically fit, it doesn't mean you're going to have an easy time, which I thought that since I was preparing very well for all that kind of stuff, that it would be easier. But in reality, you end up just pushing yourself just as much as um, everyone else. And you end up hitting that super stressful uh, physical fatigue as everyone else does. That's like got on Swab Summer, I think. There's a lot of videos on YouTube and articles and things like that that you can also read and but it's manageable. The big thing is just it's an elephant, eat it one bite at a time and have as have as much fun as possible, as stupid as that sounds. We had bathroom breaks every probably like four or five times a day to like refill our water bottles for showers, for brushing our teeth. And it's only like thirty, forty seconds where you have a little bit of downtime where you're just you and the boys or you and the girls, depending on whatever you are and you just all kinda of get the bond for a little quick second and laugh about whatever happened and just and just kinda of recharge and recalibrate very quickly and then boom you're back at it. But yeah, just take advantage of every little thing you can, strategize, and you'll get through it. So that was swab summer. So now we're into one year forward. This will be your third class summer, which is summer leading into sophomore year. Most cadets, they go on Eagle, which is a square sailing vessel, and it was taken as a war prize from Nazi Germany. So basically what that means, it just looks like a super big, badass uh, sailing ship like a pirate ship there's lots of prominent figures that have set foot on eagle including when it was under nazi control um hitler and now it's in american control jfk a lot of other presidents and important people are associated with eagle and now it's a training vessel for coast guard academy cadets and there's a full-time coast guard crew on it and a lot of the mission that they do when they're not training us is public affairs as a sophomore or going into sophomore year you spend half of your summer on eagle which is around 5 or 6 weeks and you can usually request what phase you want so So that'd be phase one and phase two. And then the other half of the summer that you're not on Eagle, you'll spend at a Coast Guard station or a Coast Guard cutter. So I put in for phase one Eagle because a lot of the basis of which phase you want is based on the port calls. So port calls when you're on a boat and you're out on patrol and then you need to fill up on gas or get more food or restock. And port call, you just come into port and you get at least a day. Usually you do it on the weekends. You have two or three days to get off the boat and hang out and get real food and whatever, explore the town. The port calls for first phase of our eagle were Kiel, Germany and Fort Belgium, Copenhagen, Denmark, and then we went to Cherbourg, France and Rouen, France. And I think second phase, they ended up going to, they picked it up in France and then they went to, I want to say the the Prague, the Prague. I'm pretty sure they went to the, the Czech Republic, the Azores in Portugal and maybe one other place, but they had a lot more sea time. In our summer, we were actually really lucky because that year it was the 75th anniversary of D-Day. And so there was less focus on training us. like We still got all of our training in, but there was more of a focus on public affairs and being in the beaches of Normandy for D-Day, the 75th anniversary. So we were super lucky. The most time we spent at sea was probably 10 days in a row, but we were in and out of ports all the time. I think I spent probably a full two weeks total in, in Europe exploring and hanging out with my friends and biking around and getting Airbnbs. And that was just a super crazy experience, basically a, a free two-week vacation. But on Eagle U, you sail the vessel. It's an actual sailing boat. So you actually have to climb up the masts, which are the big poles that stick up and they hold the sails and all that. So you have to climb up the masts with your climbing gear and you have two hook ends that you can hook in. But you climb up, I think you can climb up to like 150, 200 feet. And it's, it's insane. I made a YouTube video with me and some of my buddies climbing. But yeah, you do that and you, yeah, and then you're up there and you let the sails down and you pull them up. And it's like pirates and the people down low are pulling on the lines to shift the, the mast left or right and the angle of the wind. And you do learn how to sail, and it's pretty cool. That's another thing I forgot to mention with Swab Summer is there's about six or seven days total sprinkled throughout this uh, the boot camp where you go down to the waterfront and you learn how to sail. I wouldn't say I'm proficient at sailing, but if I had a boat that was set up ready to go, I could probably hop in and sail it fairly safely and effectively, which is cool. But yeah, third class summer, half of it's on Eagle. You do the learn how to sail and all that, and you also get some qualifications. So qualification and Coast Guard is just basically saying that you have a certain skill and that you're able to perform a specific duty so what you do is you'll kind of apprentice people on that duty and they'll teach you and they'll they'll kind of quiz you on it informally and you sign off your packet saying like yes i learned this whatever and then once your packet's completely filled out then you'll go have a a formal board where you walk in and they'll ask you questions off the cuff and you have to know it So you pass your basic damage control some things we did with that is we learned how to operate like an emergency generator how to plug um plug holes and piping and the hull of the the vessel in case there's leaking how to put out fires where all the fire control stuff is and and then we also got our helm lookout qualifications so helm is basically i can take orders from the captain and i can drive the boat safely and then lookout is when you're at the front of the boat and you basically radio in so if you see a boat or a big whale that needs to not be run over then you just call it into the the helm slash the captain and then they can make their adjustments because when a, a vessel is that big you can't see Everything from the helm, you can only see big pictures. So sometimes you need to look out to point things out and make sure everything's all swell. My advice for Eagle that I didn't fully live up to is it's the first time that you get to spend t- time with half of your class, because it's phase one and phase two, so half of you be on phase one, half of you be on phase two. And Eagle, it's, it's under 300 feet, which sounds big, but when you have that many people on a vessel, you run into people all the time. It's very close quarters. It's a really good time to build new friendships and relationships and build a good reputation. Fourth class year, which is your freshman year, like yeah, in boot camp, you kind of build that camaraderie, but then you're immediately thrown in the school year with even more responsibilities with school and your freshman duties and sports and other military trainings. And fourth class year, you do build a bond, but you only build a bond with the select few around you, whether that's in your couple of classes, and your sport, and your company. And there's a, lot of, there's a lot of the rest of the class that you really don't interact with or even know their names. And so Eagle is when everyone is now mixed together and it's your first impression with these people. And there, there are some rumor mills fourth class year with, oh, so-and-so got in trouble or so-and-so told on this person or so-and-so did this. But Eagle's the first time that you see everyone's true colors and who they really are. It's very easy to just want to relax on Eagle and just hang out and do the bare minimum because the whole previous year was stressful. I found that being on time or early to trainings and formations and just doing the formal stuff that you should and helping other people out with whatever duties they might have is really important my my little group of friends we weren't we're not bad guys by all means but we were late to maybe one formation and we cut it close i think once or twice beyond that and we'd we'd be on time to trainings but we would just kind of be there we wouldn't really be crazy we weren't very engaged we were just kind of there and that reputation even though it didn't negatively affect other cadets around us they just kind of saw it and it formed a judgment and those few things did hurt our reputation a little bit but overall we were very kind with everyone and polite and we would help people out when they needed us and we would do work as as needed and and we overall were good cadets on ego and we did things we were supposed to but i think there's little things like that that can really set people off and look at you in a different way that's a big piece of advice i kind of learned was perception is reality so it doesn't matter what your intentions are what you're thinking what matters is what's actually coming off to everyone else because that's how they're going to end up perceiving you and treating you and talking about you or judging you so that's just something to consider is if you do come to the Coast Guard Academy and you hop on Eagle, is that that's your first time of everyone meeting each other and having quality time to actually get to know one another in your class. So I would just consider that. I almost forgot to talk about my other half of third class summer, which is my boat at Port Canaveral, Florida. And it was import the whole time. It was import the whole time. So what that means is if you're underway, that's when you're out at sea doing missions and doing real stuff. But when you're when you're import, that's just when you finish your patrol, or you're preparing to go out to be underway and you just fix up the boat and kinda of do paperwork and just get things in order. So we were import the whole time and what I did as a third class when you're at your station or your cutter for your second phase. So the majority of third class will go to a station when they're not on Eagle. But a station, the thing is, stations are completely enlisted and there's a difference between enlisted and officers. And an officer as a career, you're never really gonna be at Coast Guard station. So I felt that it'd be better to go to a cutter where I would have potential of actually going sometime down the road and get a more realistic experience that's aligned with what's something I could actually be doing. So I chose for cutter, third class summer. The whole point is to understand how the non rates and how enlisted people are. So non rate is an a lower member enlisted, usually younger, who hasn't picked their specialty yet or like their career path within the Coast Guard. And basically I worked with the deck department and we would just we would paint stuff and we would get the rust off things and we would take out the trash and just do whatever grind, whatever grinds. Whatever work that we had to do, or what we were told to do, and it just gave me a good, it gave me a real appreciation of if I do go to it, but what those guys actually do, because what we did pretty much went unseen by a lot of people, and so it was just important to really feel the work that they actually do and how hard they push. And one day as an officer, if I'm in charge of them, that I'm going to be empathetic and understand, and I'm definitely going to be out there with them doing it as well. And that's something that my point of contact, the ensign that was kind of in charge of me, he really exemplified that really well. And he'd bring us Gatorades and Powerades and Snacks, and he would make sure that we weren't weren't killing ourselves with work, and he was just really supportive of us, and really empathetic and understanding. And I think that's something I want to emulate when I'm in his shoes. And then some of my friends, they were instead of going to Eagle, and then the other half had a station or a cutter, they went the whole summer at a cutter. So some of my friends, they went to a, a cutter in Seattle, and they rode all the way to Japan, and they spent I think a week in Japan exploring. I think some of them were hiking Mount Fuji, some were Tokyo, hanging out, exploring the city. And that's just a crazy experience to have as an upcoming college sophomore for free, like paid for. That's insane. And we have second class summer, so that's your summer leading into your junior year, and that's when your cadre. So the cadre are the ones who run swab summer boot camp, who run AIM, which is the Academy Introductory Mission, as well as Eagle cadre. Because fourth class summer you do spend one week on Eagle, and then there's also a prep school cadre and waterfront cadre. So waterfront they do the waterfront cadre teach the kids how to teach the swabs how to sail, and then the prep school cadre they teach over at the prep schools sorry they they do the prep school initiation boot camp which is shorter usually two or three weeks because they do prep school for a year and then they come back again and do real swap summer but yeah there's all different kinds of cadre i put in for aim cadre and i didn't really explain aim but aim the academy introductory mission that's where high schoolers they apply to get to know more about the academy and all the other service academies have their version of it i know west points is called the summer leadership experience and coast guard academy we kind of pride ourselves with being the most realistic with The boot camp in the fourth class year. A small issue I had with AIM when I was a high schooler was I really didn't learn that much about the academy because it was so focused on the military boot camp aspect. And I really thought about this because it did prepare me for swap summer, but it also deterred me from coming to an academy. I went to the West Point camp, SLE, a month before Coast Guard, and theirs was all about teaching us stuff and building a really good relationship with the cadre and more of a recruiting. And we didn't really, we didn't have to do a single thing that the Freshman would have had to done except the cadet in the red sash. Where you, there's a big scary cadre, and they say, walk up to my line, not over my line, not behind my line, but on my line. And they just overfeed you knowledge. Sorry, they overwhelm you with information, and all you have to do is walk up to their line and then look in their eye and say, sir or ma'am, a cadet candidate, blah blah blah, reporting for duty on whatever day, sir or ma'am. And it's a very simple two sentence phrase, but kids are so psyched out that if they mess it up or they they flinch or they. Stutter, and they have to go back in line and do it again. And some kids do it over like 15, 20 times. So at SLE, we had like half a day of boot camp feels where we were run around and did some push ups. And we weren't really yelled at though. It was more of an indirect professional, okay, like it's time to do this or blah, blah, blah. But then the next four days was just fun. And it was like Camp camp West Point. And then I went to Coast Guard Academy's AIM and I figured it'd be the same. So the first day starts. I'm like, okay, look, we're squaring and we're doing all the fourth class military stuff and getting yelled at. And then it just kept going and going and going. And I think I came into AIM with a bad attitude and I left with a bad taste in my mouth because I was expecting Camp Coast Guard. I was expecting to hang out and play dodgeball and make a bunch of friends and be able to just be normal. But it wasn't like that at all. It was very realistic. And so when it was time for applying to be a cadre, I was much more invested in making AIM a better program. And I felt that I could be a factor in balancing that. Hey, like we're going to show you how hard it is, but we're also going to teach you a lot. And so I was really excited to be an AIM cadre. But then the COVID stuff happened, and we ended up going virtual frame, which I was kind of upset at first. But then I realized, if we're going virtual, a lot of the stuff we're going to be doing is with videos and computers and editing, and that's kind of in my wheelhouse. And so our plan basically was completely shifted, and all of a sudden we were uh, we as the cadre we were tasked with making a bunch of videos for academics. We were interviewing a bunch of teachers and the dean of academics, and just explaining how the majors work, how classes work. We had videos on sports on the military training slash military aspect of the academy. We had this initiative to make a bunch of videos. And I was super lucky to have been trusted by everyone to kind of step up and lead the editing and the filming and the uploading of all these videos. And at the end of it, we ended up producing three hours of footage. And then we just quickly adapted. We were using Microsoft Teams, and we'd hold meetings twice a day. And we would just talk, our, we'd just talk the ears off of these kids from all over the country about the Coast Guard Academy. And I was kind of upset that I didn't get the true in-person cadre experience where you get to be super intimidating and get a real person-to-person interaction. By the end of the cadre summer, I was beginning to realize that we were able to teach the the high schoolers a lot more about the academy. And this was something I told my high schoolers at the end of each week. AIM is three weeks each. It's three weeks total with one-week sessions. So at the end of each week, I'd say, hey guys, I'd say at the start and the finish, I'm pretty sure. I was like, so I know this isn't ideal and that you probably wanted to come and see the campus and get the true experience, the boot camp experience, because that's kind of what we're known for. But when you really think about it, this virtual aim is actually going to be a lot better for your college application process and figuring out where you want to go because swab summer is only seven to eight weeks of your 200 week leadership program because 200 weeks is about how much time we spend at the academy over our four years, either with summer training or school or whatever. So only eight out of 200 weeks is actually military swap summer where you're braced up getting out at, which is around 4% of your cadet career. So why would you come here and the only taste you would get would be the worst 4%. And so this week we're going to teach you about the best 96%, the the majority of what the academy actually is and how it's like, and we're going to be straight up with you guys. And as much as it sucks sitting at a computer all day doing online teams calls and interviews and basically being locked in all day, it was actually for me a very fulfilling experience to kind of explain the academy and. The true light of what it is which it has its ups and downs and i think we did our we did very well at explaining both the positives and the negatives and just being super objective and realistic about about everything that goes on here but it was super fulfilling i'd say the only advice i have for upcoming cadre would be you're just kind of thrown into it there's not a lot you can do to prepare and i think the best thing is to know that you can lead yourself and that's something that i think i worked on and it coincidentally paid off a lot i, I knew myself i knew what i valued i knew my standard. And my ability to lead myself made it a lot easier to lead others. And so, also cadre is just being cadre is also a very unique experience because most of the time in real life, you're not going to be in a situation where you're screaming at people and just giving direct orders. And there's no real finesse to that. You're just kind of almost grading. Your job as a cadre is to basically also it's to teach, but it's also to create a very stressful environment and see how your people respond. And that's something I was disappointed in when Aim went virtual is I wouldn't get that true cadre experience. But looking back on it. A lot of how I was leading my division and the Amsters and working with people was much more realistic to how I would be as an officer. And there's a lot more finesse and it just it was a lot more realistic versus just yelling at people and being super high intense and And that's something I believe in is if you're yelling in a situation, that usually means that you lost control of the situation. When you get angry and frustrated and you yell and raise your voice, that's a sign that you've lost control. But yeah, that's cadre summer. Also, when you're a cadre, you also do coastal sail. So that's where you spend about a week, no, two weeks on basically a yacht with eight other, seven or eight other cadets and then a safety instructor. So it'll be an officer or a teacher. And you sail all the way from Connecticut to Cape Cod and you stop at like Martha's Vineyard and all these super fancy places to basically hang out and explore and get good food. But the whole point of it is to learn to sail and work as a team and that kind of stuff. And then another thing you do is you'll do a week of CAT B, which is the Cadet Aviation Training Program. Or you'll do like a sector or an engineering program, but you go for a week and you you'll stay at a station somewhere and you'll just kinda of shadow the pilots. You go up on flights and helicopters and airplanes, or if you're the engineer and you'll go do that, or you'll go to the safety inspector, um, and you'll shadow like them inspecting cruise ships. You just you you're basically an apprentice for the week, which is a really good hands on experience. There's a lot of other fun stuff that you'll do second class here and in your other summers I didn't touch on, but I'm not gonna spell all that for you. You gotta you gotta get here and you'll you'll know what I'm talking about. Now, I'm applying for my first class summer. And the way you apply for all these things, minus the boot camp, is whenever you're applying for your summer, we usually get a survey and you answer a ton of questions and you put comments and concerns and where you want to go, what platform you want to be on, what location, who you want to go with. Going into this application for my upcoming first class summer, I was in a mindset of, why don't I just go somewhere where I can hang out and go out on Liberty and just do my own thing and get paid to basically hang out. And I kind of had a change of heart because, one, I figure. I think that was just a really bad mindset to be in. And I realized that this past couple semesters through some maturity that if I'm going somewhere, I want to be stimulated and learning stuff and being productive and doing the right thing and also having fun too. And so my mindset kind of shifted. And instead of going for something easy like a sector where you sit at a desk all day and then can go home at whatever, 3 or 4 p.m., I wanted to do something harder and more challenging and stimulating. And so instead of applying for a sector, I'm actually applying for MSRT and tackle which is basically the Coast Guard's version of the Navy SEALs or the DEA. MSRT is more like the response. So if there's Paris or a hostage situation on the water, they're the ones who are going to respond and do the high, high level security type of stuff. Whereas Taclet is closer to D E A and anti drug. But I'm still learning a lot about it and I'm still in the selection process. But I'd I'd be there for I think five or six weeks and there's an MSRT in Taclet West in San Diego. Then there's MSRT East in Virginia, and then a Tacklet East in Miami. So if I get it, I'll be going to one of those three. My dream summer is going to be going to MSRT in San Diego, and then the second half of the summer be on an 87-foot cutter. And the smaller the boat, there's a smaller crew, which means I'll be one of probably like 12 people on that boat, which I think is what I want. I want a more intimate experience, and I want to have as much responsibility as possible. And that's something that I'm excited for, and we'll see what happens. But but to do the MSRT slash Tacklet application, I not only had to do the survey, I also had to route a a formal memo that had to be routed up through a couple officers, and there might be an interview. But I know there's a selection board, and they're going to choose who goes where and stuff. But we'll see. But overall, I prefer going. I prefer to go somewhere warm. Um, and realistically, this is going to set us up for a better understanding of what we want to do as a an ensign next year when you put in for billet night. And the way billet night works is, I think around December of your senior year at the academy, you submit a list of all the different units that you want to go to. And they they provide a list to you as like, hey, these are the units that are requesting, or these are the units that need a new ensign this graduation period. And so you make your list and you submit it. And then in March, they kind of do it like a draft night and they reveal who picked what and what everyone actually got. And so for me, just kind of thinking into the future, I want to go somewhere nice that's warm. So probably like Florida, Texas, Hawaii, or Southern California. I think Puerto Rico or Guam would also be cool. And I was talking to my buddy. We both surf and as crazy as it is, the waves at whichever place I'm going is probably going to play a factor in where I end up, which is pretty funny. But I'm also strategizing some other things too. Um, as an officer in the Coast Guard, you're going to be moving around a lot, probably every two to three years, which is, it really depends on the person, but I'm kind of looking forward to that. But something that you can do is if you've worked at a certain unit in a certain state, you can use that for your taxes and for your permanent uh, residency. And some states have no state income tax. So a big finesse or strategy would be to go somewhere without a state income tax first, like Florida, Washington State, Texas, a few others, and then declare residency in Florida, let's say, for the rest of your career. So I could go to Florida and the next unit go to Hawaii or California, and I'd basically be exempt of all those income taxes in California or Hawaii, which are fairly high, even though I'm living there because I'm declaring residency in Florida. And so there's just little tricks like that. And there's so much that goes into picking your first location, including like the platform, as well as your family, things like that. But a big thing with the 87 that I like, which hopefully I, I get a small boat, hopefully I get a smaller boat, is I think realistically, the smaller a unit is, then the more people get to understand each other and interact, and they're going to be more real with each other. I think also as a result of that, things, things are going to be a little bit more relaxed and maybe a bit more informal. Even if that's not the case, then a smaller unit that's, let's say, strict is still going to be able to very clearly communicate expectations and hold people accountable. And I just think overall, the less people there are, then there's going to be a better culture and a more close-knit family type feel. And that's kind of what the Coast Guard prides itself in when recruiting cadets is that our core cadets are so small that you pretty much know everyone and you see faces and you you instantly have that connection because there's someone that you know. Whereas a, a lot of other colleges and the other service academies are so big, you don't know half the people there. And I just have that same attitude towards a, a cutter. If I do go to one is that the, the less people there are, then the more family feel it's going to be. And also, this isn't to be selfish, but the smaller boat there is, the smaller the boat is, then that means the more responsibility I would have and the sooner I would have it, which I find is attractive. And also smaller boats, they don't go out to sea for so long just because they're smaller. So that's something that I like too. And I think that's a much better balance for work life. Instead of going out for two or three months and then being in for two or three months, I'd rather have, oh, I'm out for a week and then I come back for a week or I'm out for two days and for three days. And I just feel like that's a much better balance of work and play or work and home life versus binging postcard for whereas on a bigger boat, you're binging playing Coast Guard for two or three months, and then you're binging being at home for two or three months. So I just I feel like that's kind of what I'm going to want. I might hate the constant in and out and lack of schedule, because I do do believe that the bigger the boat is, then the more on schedule it has to be and the more predictable it is. But that's just my personal preference. But yeah, hopefully I get a, a badass summer in San Diego or Virginia or Miami where I'm learning a lot of cool stuff and hanging out with professional badasses and learning a lot and I'm just really excited for the summer and obviously COVID might affect it all, but I'm trying to think if I have anything else. But yeah, that's, that's essentially the four summers at the Coast Guard Academy. Swab so I have summer bootcamp, then you got Eagle, you've got Cadre summer, and then you finish off with your first class summer. Third class summer and first T summer sound very similar, but the big difference is as a third class, you're kind of emulating what it's like to be a non-rate or a lower rated enlisted member. And that's just so you can understand, hey, th- this is how the people that I'm leading are like and what they have to go through. And then first class summer is you kind of emulate the life of an ensign, which is what you'll actually become. So you kind of see, okay, these are the people I'm going to be in charge of. And then you see the people who are actually in charge and how they're doing it. So you see both sides, which I think is really important. And it's something we talked about with our chief during swap summer and throughout freshman years that a great leader is also a great follower. And a great follower is also a great leader. You can even do this right now. If you write down or think of all the traits that make a good follower, you can copy and paste that into the traits that make a good leader and vice versa. And that's something that I'll leave you with to think about and ponder. And that's kind of the whole core basis of the Coast Guard Academy 200 week leadership journey is you start off as a follower and you work your way up as a leader. And as much as 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 much of height, although most of the cats coming into an, an academy, as high quality as they are, I think it's very important to start them back at ground zero and teach them how to be a follower again. That's something I really struggled with. I thought that I was smart enough to not have to go through all the things that I did and I will stand by that some of the the trainings and the fourth class duties and stuff were they weren't below me per se but they were they were kind of arbitrary and I wasn't learning much but then looking back on it a lot of the stuff that I thought was uh, unnecessary it actually taught me a lot about just being humble and character and doing the right thing when no one's looking and that's that's kind of the, the most unique thing about a service academy is there's all this stuff you go through and you come out the other side looking at it completely different and when you're in the trenches You're really in the weeds. You don't really understand why you're doing something sometimes, or what's going on, and you get really frustrated. And you think the whole world's against you, but then you come out on the other side, and you kind of see, oh shoot, this is why I was doing that, or oh, this is why they put us through that training, and it all clicks together at some point. But yeah, I'll keep you guys updated on my summer experiences. I, I believe my like third podcast was about third class summer with traveling Europe and getting pepper sprayed at my Coast Guard cutter and doing all that stuff. So if you want to check that out for more details, go ahead. And at some point in the future I'll be talking about what I actually did first class summer. It's also up in the air with COVID and all that kind of stuff. And everything's ever changing at this point. So this is just a speculation of what I hope to do first class summer. I'll keep y'all in the loop and hopefully this was fun for you guys. Thanks for listening. I'll catch y'all later. Hey, what's going on everybody? Today we're just gonna be talking about what I'm putting in for my first E summer, which is my summer leading up to my senior year at the Coast Guard Academy, as well as kind of how the All the different summers run from when you're a freshman, sophomore, junior, and a senior. So the summer is a really good time for cadets to, one, get out of the academy and get some real hands-on experience in the Coast Guard. When applying for an academy, it's important to understand kind of the schedule of leave and when you can go home and stuff. And it's not very attractive for a lot of high schoolers. Because when you look at the Coast Guard Academy, you only get three weeks of time at home. Which, when you go to a normal college, you basically get the whole summer off. You get months. And it's not very attractive for a lot of high schoolers to see, oh, I can only spend three weeks at home. But when you're out on summer training, that's the most fun you have at the academy for your four years, your your four summers, as crazy as they might be, as difficult as some of them might be, like your boot camps while summer, it's the most incredible experiences that you're going to gain on your belt. And there are things that none of your friends back home are going to even be able to relate to, come close to. If you have some hesitations on going to an academy for some of those reasons, not being able to go home or you think you're going to be overworked, because that's kind of how I saw I saw, oh, well. I'm going to have to commit basically my whole year to the Coast Guard Academy. Well, the times you're going to have, the people you're going to meet, the places you're going to see are going to be so far worth it that it's not even going to feel like work and that it's so much better than it looks on paper. Like my past two summers, like my summers are some of the best times of my life that I've ever had. And I wouldn't trade that for anything. Take a minute to check out another episode of The Jack Brunswick Show, and be the first to know when the newest one drops, by joining the email list in the Jack Brunswick bio. That's good.